Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Dom. How's it going, Dom? Hello. Hello. And uh, Jordan, how's it going, Jordan? Hey, how's it going, boys? Hey, uh, episode 26. Last week we were quarter century old. Now we're 26, so we're right over the hump. We're almost 30. Life's almost over as we know it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, as far as what we've been playing, uh, wasn't too much of a variety for me. Uh, so Madden 17 came out this week on Tuesday. I've uh, been playing that a whole whole bunch um, and loving it. Uh, it. It's what I expect. It's nothing spectacular. It's not game of the year or anything. It's Madden. But uh, I NFL is my favorite sport, and every year I'm hungry for the NFL. And luckily Madden usually comes out two to three weeks before the season starts and uh, kind of fills the void there. Um, that's great. There's some obvious improvements. It's obviously better than last Madden, but it's not the game I want completely. There are still tons of uh, aspects that can be improved. Um, but overall, it's a good game. Been just playing that a whole bunch. Um, and then Spelunky. I've gone back into Spelunky. That game has its hooks in me deeply again. Uh, there's so many secrets to that game that's really cool. So remember the episode when I was explaining to you guys what the game was? There's so many secrets I didn't even know about. There's hidden levels. There's like an alien spaceship level that I didn't know about. Um, there's tons of hidden secrets in this game. You can go to hell. Um, you had to kill like Anubis. There's a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about this game that uh, I just recently found out about. So it's kind of that hook of trying to get there and trying to figure that stuff out for myself. And uh, yeah, just a fun game overall. So just Madden and Spelunky. What about you guys? So I got a laundry list of games. I know. I saw um, the saw the docket, man. Geez, Louise, what a busy week for you. Yeah. So uh, first off, we finished. We I finished Assassin's <laughs> Creed Syndicate. Awesome. Um, I was much Boys. closer to the end than I thought. It took me probably a half an hour from from uh, when we last talked, but the ending was fine. I mean, the whole story was kind of just there. I was kind of lame, but fun game. So uh, after that, played a lot of Grand Theft Auto V or Grand Theft Auto V. Um, <laughs> Emily was really heavy into wanting to play this for a while, and so I finally bought it. Last week, and we probably played for close to 15 hours. And as I was describing earlier, I really like the game so far. But there's this weird thing going on where all the font uh, is extremely tiny and hard to read. Where I have to get up off my couch and take two steps towards the TV to read it. Really stupid little detail, but really frustrating. So, um, After that, uh, got through the first three episodes of Telltale's Game of Thrones. Yeah! Really like it so far. Dang. Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm cranking through games this past week, apparently. Mm. But yeah, the first three episodes really cool so far. Um, I think they made all the right decisions with, yeah, they do have some of the characters from the show, but they kind of put the bigger moments from the show off screen, and you're kind of doing your own thing on the side a little bit, but those yeah. big events still do affect you. But They yeah. still happen, which is good to know. But right. Yeah. I felt like they did a really good job with making you feel like the show characters were important in your story but that they weren't yeah. just there to be show characters and it still yeah. made you feel as if you were in that world while everything was taking place it's not like this is taking place somewhere else like just pretending nothing else happened i really enjoyed that right. so yeah and it's i like that you kind of have a blank slate with your character so if you were playing as uh jamie for example jamie lannister then you would cater all your you'd probably or some of us would say well I'm going to say this because that's what Jamie would say and that yeah. sort of thing. But you yeah. get these blank slate characters who are really kind of bland. But, I mean, depending on what you do and what you say to people, you can be very different uh, people. And it's just like the show where you are playing as several different characters too, which is cool. 
So after Game of Thrones, I also grabbed Bastion on Vita. Nice. It was like three dollars, and it's I don't know, it's a fine little game. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's a good Vita game, but it's kind of I can't play for it. It's fun, like the loop is there. It's fun, but I can't play it for more than like an hour or two. It just kind of gets a little too repetitive, but fun little game. It, so is it the gameplay you don't like, or the art style, or like what exactly is it? Well, you like it's, it, but like not that it doesn't hook you enough. It just it feels like a phone game to me. It feels like it's the same thing over and over. I do like they do add in like some RPG elements, like you're upgrading your weapons and that kind of stuff, and that's nice. But the, I don't know. I feel like after a few levels, you've already played it all. But Understood. no, it's fine. It's good. Um, I mean, no real complaints. Like it's what it is. It cost me yeah. three dollars. So <laughs> yeah, it's um, completely worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cross buy, uh, cross save with your PS4 as well. Yeah, maybe I should try it on PS4. Maybe I'll like it a little bit better. Yeah, um, having a bigger screen. But next on the list, uh, like I said, this is a laundry list. Is Dragon's Dogma? Probably put about two hours in. Uh, gonna be diving into that uh, deeper uh, in in the next few weeks here. Uh, I've been crunching through the backlog, and that's the only thing really left. Dragon's Dogma and actually uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. I still haven't played, and that's just been waiting for me. I've owned it for like two years. That'll be a behemoth to get through. Um, but anyway, after that, I did play a round of Star Wars Battlefront Twist. I played it with remote play on the Vita. Nice. Not too bad. They did <laughs> okay. a really good job with the controls here. All right. um, your triggers are actually aim and shoot. Like Naughty Dog couldn't figure that out for The Last of Us, apparently, or they didn't care to. Uh, and then they did something really clever. So because uh, in most games you would click in the left stick while you're moving to run, they actually, and since you can't click in the sticks on the Vita, they made the run button down on the D-pad. So if you're going forward, it's really easy to also hit the D-pad down button simultaneously so you can run. It's really clever. I never would have thought of that. Wasn't um, Battlefront 2 on the PSP as well? Wasn't there, what was on the PSP? Yeah, yeah right? Okay. Yep. That was cool. I owned that on the PSP. So yeah, it was I, I fun. Kinda, yeah, I thought it worked well. So it kind of, it makes sense that they were able to do that too. They might have looked at that for inspiration. So, yeah. Yeah, they definitely put, I mean, they put some thought into these controls is all. That's all it takes is a little bit of thought and you can figure it out. Whereas old, some other games, you can tell they didn't even do anything. And there was probably some guy at Sony through through the mapping out there or whatever really quick. Um, yeah. But anyway, next, and I actually did pretty good in that round. I went, I just, I just did a round of team deathmatch, and I actually went positive, like twelve and eight or something. I was surprised. I, I wish I could tell everyone as I killed them, like I just killed you from the Vita, bro. But, <laughs> from Vita yeah, Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, next, I read my first comic book, The Killing Joke. Yippee! Really cool. I like the story. I love the ending. Uh, it's very ambiguous. Uh, I have my own theories, and I like the fact, like. I like the Joker origin story, or is it? Yeah. I like that whole thing. Like, yeah. did that actually happen? Or I like how they kind of leave it all. Really cool. Really it's well, funny that you say it, that because now everyone takes that as the true Joker origin. Like, yeah. and, and that was never even said that that was going to be the case when the comic came out. Also, it has, he, the, it has the best comic book line of all time, I think, where he says, you're just one bad day away from being me. I love yeah. that line so much. I own, I own the Killing Joke, and I don't really own a lot of DC stuff, but I... I heard about Killing Joke like you, bought it, couldn't be more happy that I bought it. It's awesome. So, Yeah, and I love uh, that line too. They used that in The Dark Knight, if you remember when yeah, uh, Heath Ledger says something like, 
something uh, about gra- madness is like gravity. It just takes a little push, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So same kind of idea. So um, I will say, though, that I, I would probably not – I'm not definitely not going to continue to read comics uh, on physically just because if you're reading a book, this isn't a problem. But in a comic book where there's pictures, when you turn a page – you, if there's a huge picture on the right of something important happening, it's going to spoil it for you a couple frames ahead of time, if that makes sense. I got you. I would just see things out of my peripheral, like, oh. And it just, it just kind of takes away from it. But uh, it's if definitely, you do this, you kind of have re- to, like, train your eye to keep yeah. from jumping. Well, there was yeah. there was guys at the comic book shop I used to go to that would bring, so on Wednesdays, obviously, when all the comics are released, they would bring, like, a loot, like, a, a blank piece of printer paper and what they would do is they'd put it in between the page like on the page so every time they flipped that right side would always be covered you know what i'm talking about it's just so yeah. much effort but yeah, yeah see what that word comic books in well. general are so much effort it's True. a dying medium so so i actually i did also um i have like the first issue of the walking dead on my phone um and that works much better because you can just click it goes frame to frame yeah so i have it on my ipad no Oh boy, I love reading comics on my iPad. It works so well. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll probably like that. I don't know if you have a tablet, Dom, but really great on tablet. I mean, my phone is the, the iPhone Plus, the big one, so it's yeah. not too bad. So it's I, like a tablet. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> it there. Is. Yeah, it's it like is a great close to six inches. Comics. So, and um, last on the list. Uh, I finally saw Batman vs Superman: The Extended Cut on Blu-ray. Okay. Whatever. I honestly couldn't tell you what the difference was or what they added. I don't really remember. <laughs> they added a whole character story. What was that? Jenna Malone, the the blonde-headed girl with glasses that was helping Lois Lane figure out the the bullet. Oh, okay. The little bag. I don't, even, I don't even remember that not being in the in the original. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I am I did come around a little bit more on that movie. I think I like it a bit a bit better than original than I originally said uh, when I first saw it. I really like this Batman better than uh, the Dark Knight trilogy's Batman. I mean, those are, of course, much better movies uh, from Christopher Nolan, but I do like this, like, ruthless Batman uh, that they have going. I like that they did something much different. So, uh, I mean, all the other complaints are still there, like Martha, seriously. But <laughs> So that's it. That's my laundry list. That's all. <laughs> you, Jordan? Um, yeah, so not much of a list for me this week. Once again, I was just, uh, had my nose in a book like, like a nerd, you know. Um, but I did play, uh, turned on the PS4 for just a few minutes and decided to just uh, randomly, I was just getting, uh, an itching for some Metal Gear. So played some, uh, Phantom Pain for like a mission. And then I'm at the point now where I've beat the game, but then you have to, redo all these missions on extra difficulties with all these like debuffs so that uh well basically just because they didn't give kojima enough time to finish the game so he kind of just had to lop stuff on the end of it yeah so but quick quick tangent i got a question for you so i'm really i was really intrigued by phantom pain i really wanted to play it but i've never played any metal gear games yeah so i was like hesitant and it's a little bit weird i don't know if i could really get into it so i think i want to uh but my question is going to be should I go back and play every other Metal Gear game first? I mean, would it be worth it? I mean, or should I just jump in and just screw around with Phantom Pain for a while? I I would say probably just go with MGS5 because the older ones, uh, you can definitely Because they're tell. mostly on Vita now, I think. Most of them are available. Um, most of them, yeah. You could play 
one, two, and three for sure. Um, yeah, and then you'd have to get a PS4 for or PS3 for MGS4. Honestly, um, my and opinion. And also for uh, Peace Walker. My opinion is I've never played the Metal Gear games, but the way Konami's shaping up, I really think you should just wait a couple of years, and they're probably going to come out with like remasters or remakes or something. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Um, that'd be the yeah, smartest way for them games... to handle the franchise without getting fans super mad of just remaking the old ones that people already love um, yeah. or like remastering them. So that's a good way to get around it of getting money. Obviously, they're a business, but not ru- tarnishing their track record anymore. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see those in the next couple of years. That's what I'm planning on. I've never played an MGS game, but I'm just waiting on the remix or remasters for one, two, and then three. Obviously, people love Jordan as well. So. Yeah, definitely. Plan. Like like we talked about with the Pachinko Machines, the 3 remake is looking more and more possible. But, uh, yeah, those games definitely show their age as, as far as, like, mechanics and the way they control and stuff. So they are a little bit tougher than to go back to than just, like, a straight-up, you know, Ratchet and Clank or something more vanilla like that. Um, but the story is really interesting, as weird as it is, and you aren't going to know what the fuck's going on. So it's kind of... Yeah, just whatever you want to do. But yeah, I, I mean, if I know that, you don't going necessarily. In. The story's not amazing in MGS Five and the way it connects everything, so you don't necessarily need that part of it. And the gameplay is really where it's at, and so yeah, you may just play the MGS Five itself. It, it you goes can start out with Ground Zeroes, but what did you read, Jordan? Uh, by the way. So yeah, that was that was all I played. That was probably about like forty-five minutes of gameplay. And then besides that, I've been reading uh, Tolkien's Silmarillion. Do you guys know about this? Yeah, that's the one that has, like, the, the ancillary side stories and stuff, right? Kind of. It's basically, like, Tolkien's uh, creation myth of the world of the Lord of the Rings and um, talks about the gods and how they made the elves and the humans and the dwarves and all the different um, stuff that was going on in the in the first and second age before the third age where the uh, books original books take place um so really cool stuff it's written in a different way than like the the other four books would be it's more of like a a fairy tale type uh thou and thee and that sort of thing um but once you kind of sink your teeth in i had already started it a few years ago and just never picked it back up so once you kind of sink your teeth in and really get to know like how he's describing these characters how he's going to be writing it and how it's going to be kind of old-timey in the way it sounds um you're really able to get past that and just enjoy the story for what it is and it's really really cool stuff um some of the characters that he brings up and the way that he gets you really connected to somebody and then like just kills them off or you know chops their arm off or something like that um so it's a really cool book um just about finished with it and then besides that uh just been reading a bunch of comics um got a closer to catching up with all new all different marvel i'm about to read avengers standoff which is the first event in that uh group of comics oh, and nice. then today so yeah today i read a bunch of stuff i read um uncanny avengers i read uh star wars and star wars poe dameron i read outcast number 20 and uh the rebirth comics for blue beetle and supergirl Nice. I was actually. Yeah. I, I want to hop into the uh, the rebirth for Teen Titans. I think it's just called Titans. Yes. Well, there's Teen yeah, Titans so and Titans, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's the in this uh, rebirth. There's actually both. Yeah. So Teen Titans is like 
younger actual teens. Titans are more like college age, like Nightwing and Wally West. Well, yeah, uh, Damien Damien uh, runs the Teen Titans now, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Does. The new Robin. Which is dumb. I don't which know. Which is new. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Okay. That's everything, so, yeah. everything we've been playing this week. Uh, really quick story here from Eurogamer. Uh, the, 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 the title of the story is We Have to Do Better When We Launch NX. This is a quote from Reggie fils um, who obviously is the Nintendo of America president. Uh, and Tom Phillips writes here, Eurogamer Nintendo has uh, has said it must do a better job of launching NX than its predecessor Wii U. It's not exactly a surprise to hear Nintendo say this, but it's pleasing to hear Nintendo of America boss Reggie fils admit specific things which went wrong with Wii U and what needs to be done different for the upcoming NX. One of the things that we have done to do better when we launch the N- uh, one of the things we have to do is do better when we launch the NX. Uh, we have to do a better job communicating the positioning for the product. This is probably relating to the fact that a lot of people thought the Wii was an attachment to the Wii. Um, we have to do a better job helping people to understand its uniqueness and what uh, this means for the game playing experience. And then it goes into the story goes into obviously how bad the Wii U did in comparison to other video game consoles. Yada, yada, yada. But then he also states we have to do a better job from a software planning standpoint as well. This is also probably due to the fact that we heard what was it that uh, Pokemon, Mario and Zelda are all going to be within the first six months of NX right? I believe that's what the story was which we already knew about Zelda Mario was kind of a given for a Nintendo platform the Pokemon one is interesting because Sun and Moon is coming out this fall so I don't know if the new Pokemon thing on X is just the Sun and Moon port but Pokemon's never released uh, the same Pokemon game on two different platforms. I mean, there's there's virtual console, but that doesn't really count. You know what I'm saying? Like, an actual release is kind of weird. So, we'll see exactly yeah. what that Pokemon game is. It could be a Detective Pikachu game to coincide with the movie that Legendary Pictures is in in, in the in the running to make. But, we'll see. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think about this? Uh, Reggie fils kind of owning up to the fact that they screwed up the launch of Wii U and they have to do better. Well, uh, it's just kind of I read that and just said, well, duh. Yeah. What is? <laughs> this is this is a this is a less like this is a less proud Nintendo now. Now they're willing to admit these mistakes. Usually they wouldn't say this stuff. It's even it's yeah it's not surprising to us, but it's it is surprising that they're saying something. You know, it's not surprising maybe the words yeah. that they said, but the person that's saying it is a surprise. I think. But, and as as much as you feel like he's being a Captain Obvious right now, Dom. I'm still looking at him and going, yeah, you know, I've heard similar things before from you guys, and I, I, honestly, I'm at the point where I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I do, I just do like him coming out and saying just because they're though, saying I it. I don't I, just because they're saying it. I don't think they'll they'll automatically do it. You know. Yeah, true, true. But it is good to at least hear something. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, the next story here, we're getting to a couple of big pieces of PlayStation news. Obviously, this news broke a couple of days after we recorded last week's episode, as usual. Um, this comes by way of Eurogamer as well. Um, this is by Wesley Poole over at Eurogamer. The PS4 Slim is real, confirmed. Um, and basically, at the top of the page, they said they have an update saying, we can confirm that the PS4 Slim is real. And the story basically went into, on NeoGAF, uh, users were basically posting pictures of a leaked PS4 Slim. Um, and... Uh, the way it happened is um, the new console was first spotted on an auction website and then it got picked up by NeoGAF and then users including uh, Shortman82 as well as some other NeoGAF users were posting pictures um, and they were actually posting comparisons between it and a a PS4, a regular PS4 Um, and if you go to the article you can obviously see the pictures of the the model Uh, it's a little bit more beveled um, 
it doesn't look to be too much smaller than the PS4. I don't know how much smaller it can get. I mean, the PS4 is already kind of small. But it is more beveled. I made a joke uh, through a personal chat saying that it looked like a Roku to me. Um, and wasn't it doesn't say on the story here, but isn't it missing a port on the back? Optical, optical port, yeah. Yeah, it's missing an optical port. So I actually use that on my PS4 um, for uh, audio purposes. Um, since I switch between two TVs, um, if you're trying to play on the second TV but still use the surround sound audio that is, you know, like the main audio, then I have to use that port. So, um, yeah, it kind of sucks that it's, it's leaving. Also, so no faceplate. Kind of yeah, no faceplate. Isn't isn't <laughs> that kind of a? It's worse for people who still have older audio receivers that don't have HDMI with audio running through it type of thing right yeah with yeah. with optical it can only be 2.0 so it's not even like 5.1 or 7.1 so it is uh understandable that they took it out because it is a lower quality audio signal also I reading that like it's going away like optical is yeah kind of being phased out so that's why but. Yeah. also yeah, and then jared you mentioned no face plates that honestly i just got a i got the red face plate on my white ps4 this week and makes me a little upset um, but it's also a, it kind of helps them because it's one less thing that they have to put into it, one less component. So it helps drive that price down. Maybe not substantially, yeah. but it still helps with the discussion. Also the, on the bottom of it, the buttons for the, like, uh, I don't know what they're called, like the grip help. I don't know what you call those things, but on the bottom has the nine, uh, yeah, the feet, the rubber yeah. feet. Yeah. And it has all of the buttons for the PlayStation. I thought it was a nice touch. The Xbox one yep. S has a master chief on the inside of it, a little, uh, beveled master chief so i thought these are really cool um the legacy screws, the screws when you replace your hard drive also have those uh sacred symbols yeah. on there oh that's really, really cool. cool uh so the second story here going along with the leaks is the new dualshock 4 um so this comes by way of uh, vg247 um it's basically it they made a post kind of having everything in it so the ps4 slim as well as the dualshock but i got the story because the other one didn't include the dualshock news um so here on the bottom of the article and this article is by sharif saeed uh it basically states the upper end of the controller's touchpad now has a transparent bit that lets the light from the light bar travel through it to make it easier to see what color your controller is for multiplayer games uh there are other minor changes to the button and stick colors as well um yeah, this is funny because we had a discussion in an earlier game cast about uh, Jordan didn't really like uh, the the lighthouse of the Xbox yep. One controller, and this might kind yep. of be the same thing. Not as drastic, but um, it is. This seems like something that's like so incremental, and it kind of it does make sense because there's no reason you have to turn over your controller to see what player you you are. But it's kind of a weird excuse. There has to be something else to it other than that. Because if that's the thing, it's kind of I don't know it's weird to me that that'd be the only reason they changed that. Hey man, shout out to Microsoft because they updated their controller several months ago and the little bits that they put in there were way better than this. They added uh, Bluetooth support, they changed the headphone jack from proprietary to regular 3.5mm, they um, changed a couple other little things that I don't even know about because I'm not an Xbox head, but uh, they really did... Uh, up the value of the controller, in my opinion, and Sony didn't. So, shout out to Microsoft. Yeah, um, this is it's weird that so much is leaking about this. Like, um, the event is so close, you know. 
Um, yeah. And it's just stuff is starting to roll out. We still have more than a week till the PlayStation meeting, and I want to see what else comes out. Hopefully, I, I really like reveal events where there's something you don't know about, like the whole God of War thing. We kind of knew that it was happening, but not in that instance. Um, right. I really hope that there's something we... I think there will be something out of left field we don't know about, but these leaks, man, they're oh. they're, they're pretty substantial. <laughs> I think, the, and what that thing is that we don't know about is something else a part of that firmware update. I think there's going to be something big uh, name changes with that i that i don't know but yeah. <laughs> i mean they would have uh, that i don't know if it's ever going to happen because it would have happened by now i feel like but i don't know yeah it's worth noting that we did know like you said jared we didn't know this well actually we kind of did know the specifics of god of war with it being norse and all that um but we knew everything in Sony's E3 conference before it even happened it was all leaked out the yeah true the lack of neo the God of War, Days Gone. Um, Did we know then, about Spider Man? Well, we kind of knew about Spider Man. We thought it was Sucker Punch, but we didn't know it was yep. happening. So, yeah. That's the thing is, we knew everything. We just didn't know the minute details. So it's like, yeah, we didn't get surprised at E3. It would be nice to get surprised here, but it looks like they kind of are getting ruined. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for the, the PlayStation Leak of the Week. Tune in next week when we have even more leaks, probably. <laughs> um, there's a still a weird rumor. Uh, unsubstantiated by no one um, that Red Dead is going to end the show, which would be awesome, but that's just completely hearsay. Um, Yeah, yeah, so the next story here is something I'm super stoked about. I think I'm as as happy and elated as people were when they heard that uh, Inside was coming to PS4. Um, Exclusive to Chloe Rad over IGN, Jonathan Blow announced that The Witness is coming to Xbox One. Um, this is on a lot of people's shortlist for Game of the Year. If you didn't know, this is Jonathan Blow's indie uh, new indie game. He's the guy who made Braid, which is one of the best indie games of all time. Um, he said that they're aiming for a September 13th release date, which is super soon. Um, originally, I remember when this game was coming out, they asked him if it was ever going to come to Xbox One. He wasn't sure. Um, he didn't really dodge the question. I think they just didn't know how good this game was going to do, because if the game didn't do well, then they're... I don't know if there's really enough monetary gain there to actually put it on their platforms, but I think that once they saw it was so successful, they probably had some kind of deal with Sony, and they're like, as soon as we're done with that deal, we're going to put it on all platforms we can because it was such a hit. Um, right. And I'm so stoked because a lot of people make like jokes that this is draw the line in the game. I've made that joke in the past, um, but it is a very beautiful game. I love puzzles games. I love walking simulators, and this is a walking simulator that's also a puzzle game. Um I like Firewatch, but I think this has a lot more gameplay to it than Firewatch, and they kind of are the same aesthetic, not really, but kind of. Um, and any time a platform can get a console exclusive that's a Game of the Year nominee, i.e. Inside and now The Witness, all these other people get to play, it's just awesome. Gamers win. You know, that's awesome. So, yeah. I'm were super you, stoked. Were you surprised? Because I honestly wasn't when I saw this pop up on IGN. So, yeah. there like, was... You know what? I, I'm not I'm not surprised, but there was there felt there there seemed like there was some weird um, issues between Microsoft and Jonathan Blow, like some ill will for some reason. Um, I, I I had seen some interviews because where of Braid. He, uh, what did you say? No, not with because of Braid. I don't know if it was for Braid, but I think it was post Braid. I don't know if maybe because Braid did so well that they may, maybe were trying to work on a deal and it never happened. I don't know. That's what I'm saying is like. They were salty because Braid was an Xbox Live Arcade game, and then he did Witness on PS4. Yeah, so um, 
No, but I, th- I think even before the witness was even a thing, I think there might have been something there. Because for the longest time, it seemed like there was people were wondering, like, I don't know, there was a lot of issues there. Either way, super stoked that the witness is coming out for Xbox One, another game of the year game that's available on a console uh, that people weren't able to play before. So that's awesome. Um, this is what I want for exclusives in the future. Honestly, I would not like there to not be exclusives. Um, but if these third-party exclusives can come sooner, having to wait a year for Tomb Raider was kind of insane. Um, yeah. A couple of months, That's I think, it. is awesome. I mean, Witness is still, it's what, half a year. But still, this is cool. I'm glad everybody gets to play these games. First parties, obviously, will never come to the other console. That makes sense. But um, these third parties coming over a lot quicker is really cool. The, uh, other, the other thing to point out there is we always knew that Tomb Raider was coming. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're just going to hold out. You weren't going to go buy an Xbox if you really want to play it. You might, you're just going to wait. But for the Witness, we didn't know. For sure, if it was ever coming to Xbox, so that that's a more honest. I mean, it, it does better for an exclusivity period when people don't know it's coming, right? Yeah, that just is a, true. Just a little thing. Yeah, it's just like oh, it's coming out. And you're like oh, that's awesome. And even though it's been six months, it's not like oh, I've waited six months for a witness. It's like oh, this is a lot quicker than I ever expected, if at all. So I completely agree with you on that. Um, the last story here is actually a story that broke pretty soon uh, before we, or yeah, pretty soon to when we started the, the podcast. Um, this is over at IGN as well. Alex Osborne writes, uh, Resident Evil 7 details outed by ratings board. New details about Resident Evil 7 have surfaced thanks to premature listing by ASRB. Um, I would skip ahead 10 minutes into the podcast if you don't want to hear this, if you're worried about spoilers. But it doesn't really spoil anything. It just gives a little bit of plot details, very loose plot details. But just in case you don't want Resident Evil 7 spoiled, skip 10 minutes ahead into the podcast. Um... So, the SRB summary also reaffirms that Resident Evil 7 will be played in first person. Um, it also states that Ethan is described as a man who's searching for his missing wife in a derelict mansion. I've never read that word. What is that word? Derelict? Derelict? It means, derelict. like, right. abandoned. Okay. I've never like seen that word. Um, will be played in first person, through which players will explore the environment and use pistols, shotguns, flamethrowers, explosives, and chainsaws to kill mutant creatures. Uh, the second part here is actually um, the the one that gets me most excited because it definitely shows that they are going for the horror aspect. And it says, uh, we'll feature cutscenes that contain intense violence and gore, including instances in which ca- a character's arm dismembered by a chainsaw, a man's leg taken off at the knee with a shovel, a character impaled through the face with a shovel. Uh, portions of the game will also feature mutilated corpses that will have their insides exposed, as well as dialogue <laughs> that contains strong language. So though the trailers and stuff were ver- hinting very strong at horror vibes, we I mean, it's still we still don't know how horror. This obviously shows that it's very horror. Um, you know, very few action games have mutilated corpses that have their insides exposed. So, man, I cannot wait to play this in PSVR Ooh. with the those Sony Gold surround sound headphones on. Oh my God, I'm going to shit my pants. I can't. I wait. don't. I, I don't know. Well, I guess the good thing is if you don't like the experience in VR from the frame rates and stuff, you can just take off the VR and play it normally. But from what some people have said, it doesn't run very well in v- PSVR. Um, people are saying it wasn't designed for it, obviously, and it was an afterthought, which probably is the case. But uh, I'm excited. I was kind of turned off at the fact that it's first person. But now that I think about it, the, the true way a horror game is played now with the outlasts and stuff like that, I think first person is the evolution of the horror game. It's scary. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about that. I think that's for it for the news. We're going to be hopping into the topics here. Uh, the first topic we're going to talk about is actually a news story. Let me pull it up here. That I wanted to talk about a little bit more at depth. Um, not super depth, but just 
Uh, where is it? Hold on one second. I can't seem to find it. I don't know where it is. It's lost in the ether. Hold on. Okay, I found it. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, okay, so yeah, my topic is going to be about this news about the Final Fantasy 15 structure. Um, so apparently, the game director... Uh, uh, basically came out and said that the first half of the game is going to be open world and the second half of the game is going to be more linear or linear period um the game is 15 chapters um this is a lot of people are saying it's opposite of final fantasy 13 i guess 13 was very linear and then it hit open world after 40 hours or so um yeah and he, i think he said that this game can be completed in total between 40 and 50 hours uh the main route quote unquote so it's probably not factoring in obviously wow that's not even aspect. side quest huh yeah, just main route. Um, so I want to talk about the structure because a lot of people are hating on it. And there's a lot of valid criticisms. Obviously, the main criticism is, well, yeah, this sounds like a team that didn't have time to finish their game. So instead of making the whole game this big, huge scope of a game with open world everywhere, they decided, oh, we'll trim down on the work we need to do because we don't have time to and we'll make the second Ten half years later. wasn't enough for you motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't buy that for yeah. a second. This is clearly a design choice. They did this intentionally. This isn't a yeah. limitation. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think it is a very interesting way of making a game. I think bottle, it, to me, it seems like a, like a funnel, right? It's kind of like you start in this big open world, and as you progress, it kind of gets narrower and narrower, which I kind of like in some of the best TV shows. For instance, in Game of Thrones, the opening seasons have these big, wide landscape shots when you enter cities and stuff, whereas going into season six and seven, a lot of it is very character-driven. They're closer, tighter shots, right? These individuals learning their stories, stuff like that. You already know where you are. You already know the places they are. You don't need these huge, vast vistas and landscapes. Um, I think there's a lot of those so, shots still in the show, though. No, but it's very apparent in the early seasons, though. They even make do it as far as like labeling it, like this is King's Landing, this is, and that's part of world building, obviously. And I think this is an interesting route to take with video games. I don't, I can't recall a video game I played that was like this, where it was open world and then went straight linear. Um, but I think it's a very interesting way. It's like you you get this breath of this world, and as the game's going on, obviously the narrative is getting more and more serious and. Um, everything's coming to a head, right? You're figuring out who the antagonist is, what the protagonist's main goal is, all this stuff. And as it narrows down, it kind of gets more serious and kind of intense. And that kind of lends itself to being more of a linear experience. The weird thing with open world games sometimes is it's the the main story doesn't really feel as, um, as deep or as connected because you always do the main story in between you doing a bunch of other crap, like a bunch of other yeah. side quests, you know? So yeah. that's, that's what I was going to say is this solves that problem. Like, the one biggest gaping problem with, like, Fallout 3 and 4, where you get out of the vault and you're looking for your son or you're looking for your dad. But that, at the same time, the world is telling you, you know, go explore. Go do this random stuff. Go visit this town. But And you do that because that's kind of what the game is meant – how the game is meant to be played. But then there's that dissonance of, well, the, the story is telling you, like, your son is missing and your wife was killed. So you wouldn't be doing anything else. Yeah. So this kind of solves that where like maybe, you know, some things are going on and you're running around at first. But then like once you figure some things out, it puts you on a narrow path and says this is what you're doing. Yeah. It doesn't try to distract you with side quests when they, they – you you would never do those side – you would never go blow up Megaton when you're looking for your dad that you lost. You know, I don't – Yeah, I also – I like this. Yeah, I, I like it too. I think it's interesting. Obviously, time will tell whether this game is good or not. But I do – and I, I do believe, really, that as many doubts as I have for Final Fantasy XV, I do believe that this was a design choice and this was an artistically, creatively driven choice and not a time choice of like them Absolutely. not being able to finish the game. Yeah. 
Um, what do you think about this structure, Jordan? Are you worried about it? Does it intrigue you? Will it benefit the game? Like, what do you think? Um, there's a lot of other worries I have about Final Fantasy 15 before this. <laughs> but, uh, no, this isn't something that really worries me. I think, you know, Witcher has that. Uh, Witcher 3 has that where you go to a certain part of the game and it has a pop-up screen that says hey, you're not going to be able to get back into the open world for like the next two to four hours, so make sure you're good to go as far as that, it, uh, as far as that goes. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I would rather it be that way where you get all this time in the open world and then once you can kind of see the game winding down, then you kind of get funneled in as opposed to the opposite from yeah. FF13 where you're already like, your characters are already upgraded, and you've already been through all this, and blah, blah, blah. You're just doing it, this big open world at the end. It's not nearly as engaging or as fun. So um, I, I, think that'll, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I also, I mean, I would like maybe a very, like my dream scenario would be a very small linear chunk at the beginning, kind of just to get the hooks in of the story. and sure then, the tutorial. Yeah, maybe. and then go open world, and then go linear. Like, uh... This is a very weird and probably not perfect comparison, but, like, so think of Pokemon, right? So in Pokemon, you start off in this very small town, and you're learning how everything's working, and then you go and you have the whole world exposed to you, but then at the very end of the game, there's the final four, and there's this very linear path you have to take, right? Um, I mean, for the most part, the game is linear because you have to go to certain gyms and that stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Very loosely, that would be cool of, like, it's very linear-driven early on for a very short time, then open world, then linear again. Um... I do think mixing these kind of game game design elements is a really intriguing way of doing it. And I wholeheartedly agree with you, Jordan, that being being narrow and then going wide for like huge portions at a time isn't the best way to go. I think it's you go open too narrow, right? You want to have people explore this world, then narrow narrow down to a specific focus as opposed to having this whole specific focus and then like, oh yeah, here's the world. Go have fun. It's weird. So yeah. um yeah, this is interesting. I like I, I agree with you, Jordan. There's a lot of other things to worry about uh, yeah. for for Final Fantasy 15 other than the game design of how the game's going to move forward. Um, hopefully, the game runs well. That's very important. Obviously, hopefully, the game comes out. That's very important to a lot of people too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the structure I think is very interesting. And you know, people always talk about game designers they should take more risks because we don't want everything uh, you know the same. But I do think that this is going to be something that will be very intriguing. Um, you know, speaking of, of, you know, wanting to see more in different types of games and what we need more of and stuff like that, what, what's your topic for us, Jordan? Yeah, so that is my topic, uh, what type of games we need more of. Um, now, this is probably going to be focused on genre, but um, it could be the, the example I gave earlier outside of genre would be, you know, if you're talking about uh, the Order 1886, and you're saying, we need more games with this uh, cyberpunk-style um, sci-fi stuff. Um, or, um, for me, a uh, big one is the fact that I think we need more superhero games. I'm really surprised Completely at the agree with you. Games. 100% um, Now we've got, uh, you know, we can just name off a few of the best franchises. Um obviously Batman Arkham series is up there obviously Infamous is up there um for me Gravity Rush is actually a really really great superhero game as well as Sunset Overdrive but those aren't uh licensed even though Infamous isn't either but um 
Yeah, I'm actually surprised at the lack of superhero games. I know one of the reasons why is because they could just make free-to-play versions and get you to buy a bunch more heroes than you would if you were just playing a console game. Um, So Marvel and DC both have their own free-to-play online MMO versions. But I'm talking about a single-player story, something like what uh, uh, Insomniac is doing with Spider-Man currently, Um, stuff like that. Um, I would love to see more superhero games, and I'd love to see more uh, superheroes that get created for games, because a lot of people say they really like Cole and in Infamous. I think he's kind of just a dumb piece of shit. Like, there's not really <laughs> anything that's tying me to that character, or his stupid girlfriend, or his stupid best friend. They're fine, like, Zeke's a funny guy or whatever, but um, they're definitely not iconic, and neither is Delson, so I would love, especially for Infamous to give us a hero that like you'd want to read a comic about this person you'd want to watch an animated movie or a, a live action film about this person um so i'd like to see that more um it would be really cool if they focused more on the hero itself in that series um but it'd also just be cool if we had like um you know harley quinn in the batman universe came from batman the animated series she didn't start in the comics or in the movies she started in the animated series so it'd be cool if in uh, other ways, we had like a Marvel hero that had started in his own video game, and that's how he That'd be cool. came into the Marvel universe. So stuff like that. Um, what about you guys? So I think you know Marvel has a brand new dedication to video games. They said this earlier this year. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get more. Yeah, in the and. It seems like they're taking the approach and level of care that they have with their movies, which is phenomenal, because if that's any indication, we're going to have great games. They already have their deal in place with Telltale. Um, obviously, the Batman game is uh, now, and they already have a Marvel game in the works. Um, I think yeah. what you meant by superhero games are, you know, more Third like... person action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't really count those either. Um, and I think the, the problem we have with not getting very interesting superhero games that aren't licensed is because there isn't licensed superhero games on consoles. So, for instance, um, how would I put this? So, Call of Duty and Battlefield sell every year, or whenever they come out, and they sell huge numbers. Those shooters being so big actually benefits smaller games that are also shooters, because people love shooting games, and they're like, well, you know, I want to try out these other games. I love these games so much. Maybe this will kind of, you know, scratch that itch. That's why I played Metro Last Light. I didn't play 2033. Um, I love shooters, and I picked it up on a whim. That's one of my favorite games ever. I love Metro Last Light so much. And it's because there was such a strong case for shooters in the in the video game medium. And I think the biggest thing is we don't have enough superhero games to justify companies taking risks with a superhero game, you know? We have the Infamous yeah. and we have these games, but they're... I think the way it looks is game developers aren't willing to take that risk, so these big companies like Marvel and DC are like, well, then why should we? And it's yeah. vice versa. It's like, well, Marvel and DC aren't willing to take these risks, so what? why as a, as a developer should we spend creative effort making a superhero game if the big dogs aren't even trying to do it, you know? I think... You know, what, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it's crazy, though, because that wasn't always the case. Um, going back to like PS2 generation, there were tons of superhero yep. games. There was a Justice League game back then. Of course, we have Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two last gen. Um, I think there used to be a lot more, especially because they would just shit them out, you know. And it would be based off of this animated series or based off of this Spider-Man movie or whatever. But uh, the fact that we don't get you know licensed games off of like the Marvel movies that are coming out nowadays or anything like that. I, I get the fact that a lot of it would be shovelware, but 
we would be getting those other games that you could, you know, you just finished Infamous Second Son, and you're like, oh, I want another great uh, superhero game, and, you know, I guess you could go play Amazing Spider-Man 2 or something like that. There's just not another, there's not a whole lot of choices to spread out after the big ones. I And also, I guarantee you, next year at E3, there will be a Xbox-exclusive Marvel game. I guarantee it. It just so um, obviously Sony owns the movie rights to Spider Man, but they don't actually own the video game rights to Spider Man. Um, But I think what if you know they just they just fucked up Fantastic Four really bad last year in the movie. What if that we were just talking about? It'd be cool if there was a hero that started in a video game. This is obviously not their start, but it'd be cool if that was the way that Marvel was like. How the fuck are we gonna fix? Fantastic Four in, in people's minds. Like, people hate them now because of these awful movies. Yeah. And that could be your way to, like, rebrand Fantastic Four, bring them back into Marvel Studios under the movie brand, and then make a really cool, yeah, Xbox game or whatever. Or, like, I, I think it would be interesting if there was a game that they structured where you... you It's kind of like... um So Mass Effect is customizable, but there is one character. It's Shepard, right? It could be female, it could be male, but it is Shepard. It'd be interesting to me if they did that kind of thing with a superhero game um, in the Marvel Universe, in the Warner, in the DC Universe, where it's like there is a character, he has a specific name, you can customize him a bit to make him look specifically how you want, but they do have their own arc, and that could be the start of the character. Um, that'd be very yeah, interesting. I feel like that's already going on, like DC Universe Online and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's... It'd be cool if it was like... Um, you can only be this one character, but you can be any different version. So you can be Spider-Man with the Venom suit. You can be Spider-Man Miles Morales. You can be Spider-Man Peter Parker. That would be cool to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I 100% agree with you, though, that we do need more superhero games in general. Um, as far as other games we need, we definitely need a bigger resurgence of horror games, and we're kind of seeing that. Um, you know, we're seeing yeah. that with uh, Resident Evil 7 returning to its roots. Um, we have uh, Outlast 2 coming out. Uh, we have, obviously, Sanderman. We have um, Evil Within 2, which is possibly in the works. So we do have a kind of a light resurgence of horror, but I would like to see a deeper dive. Like, Dead Space needs to come back. That's not a, a type of game, but that's a franchise. Um, but as far as, yeah, as far as other games we need more of, I think... Uh, I think, as far as sports, I think the licensing thing needs to go away. I think there should be more competition there. Um, NBA is the only one that doesn't have an exclusive license with the company, um, and that's why the NBA 2K games are such a good product, because they had to compete with NBA Live, and that's why NBA Live is so bad. Um, but, like, that would make Madden better. That would make um, the hockey games better, which was terrible last year, I believe. It didn't even have, like, online or something. Um, yeah, they made a weird choice. They took out several game modes. Yeah, NCAA. The, the game itself was still fine. It was probably a little bit better, but they took out a lot of modes, and people were like scratching their heads, like, "Why would they?" The best, yeah, Weird. the best video game sports franchise to me is NCAA football, and that had to go away due to um, the collegiate. Um, yeah, tr- that rides. I understand. Yeah, uh, I wish they would work out some deal because I love the college football games. But like, I really wish what we need more of is more diversity in sports games. Is basically what I'm saying. There needs to go away with the licenses. And we need to breed competition because competition is best for the consumer. And we're getting, like I said, I bought Madden this week and I love it. But I know that if it was competing with somebody else making an NFL game, it would be a better product. So as far as games that we need more of, we need more diverse sports games is what I'm trying to say. Okay, that's a good point. You need a baseball game on Xbox, right? Because does that even exist? That's crazy that that Uh, is. That's so crazy. That's fucked up. I think they had. I think we got like RBI Baseball or some. 
Yeah, that's like some bullshit ass, like not <laughs> yeah. even close to the real thing. Like, because the show is a I fantastic product. Oh yeah, I can't believe Sony has kept this grip, this uh. exclusive grip on MLB baseball. I think it's yeah. because of the fact that of the big three sports in America, baseball, basketball, football, America, or baseball is the most niche of the three. Yeah, um, honestly, I don't so know. That's I, that's why PlayStation can keep that going. I think I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Xbox would be willing. I, they probably tested the numbers to see if it's worth it. And baseball isn't. It's it's a dying sport, kind of in the United States. You know, oh, NBA yeah. is growing yeah. at a phenomenal rate. The NFL is the number one sports market, I think, in the United States. It makes hand over fist. So I don't know if it it's necessarily worth it for Xbox. Obviously, there's now, a ton of baseball fans that should be able to play it on Xbox, but I don't know if it's a good business investment. You know, the kind of game games that I wish there was more of nowadays. Uh, this was an easy answer as soon as the topic came up. Uh, couch co-op games. Where are yeah. they? What on PS4 can I play with someone else sitting next to me? Besides but, sports games. Well, this right? goes to the metric, like the, the whole metrics yeah, argument of like, did they, does it justify, you know, having it? I think a lot of times yeah. companies see it and like not a lot of people use it. So they're like, yeah, you know. And, and now I definitely think it would be so tough for anyone besides Nintendo to come out with a game that was really just built around couch co-op. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could... There's a lot of options out there you could do. I mean, I'm not a developer. I mean, these guys are creative. Like, they can figure this out. I'm sure a lot of them want to. I'm sure there's a lot of studios that want to make a uh, couch co-op to... game, but the publishers are like, nah, that doesn't really sell or whatever. So Yeah, there's ways to do it. Plenty of ways to do it, but how many ways to do it are there that would actually be viable and sell in today's market? I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I'm like killing for something on PS4 that me and Emily can play like together. Cause like, like when we play GTA, there's always, whenever you're like doing that, there's always that dissonance of like someone's playing and the other one's watching and you can't, you're trying to help them, but you can't explain it. Does you know what yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to be like, give me the control. I just have to do it myself. Does overcooked have couch co-op? I think so. I think that's yeah. a good one, but. I mean, they're, they're out there. You know, we could give you a list or whatever, but... I mean, that's the one reason... That there's not even options, really. Yeah, yeah that's that's really the biggest reason, besides uh, Breath of the Wild, that I want to get an NX, is that I know there's going to be some... Nintendo really does good... couch co-op. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So Nintendo Nintendo is still the place where you can go to hang out with your friends and play a game together in the same right. place. Anytime you hear about people getting together to play video games, it's let's play Kart, let's play Smash, let's play this, let's play... Then it's never let's get together and play uh, Gears of War or... Uh, <laughs> right. Uncharted Halo land parties. Halo land parties. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's get right into the next topic here. Uh, you wanted to bring in up something that's uh culturally relevant right now. Uh, Dom, what is that? Yep. All over the Twitter sphere, been seeing a lot of hashtag seven fave games. So, I figured we'll each go through our seven favorite games, <clears throat> and keep in mind that these are completely subjective lists. You know, these are what your favorite games are, not what you objectively think is the best game. So should we should we do one first. at a time, bounce around one at a time? Should we do like uh, each of our sevens, or should we go I, you seven to one, I, me seven to one, him to seven to one? We should go one person goes through their whole list because you want to look at the list as a whole. Okay. That way, when okay. I'm done, you can you guys can say like, yeah, that list fucking sucks. Where's so? So yeah. I think the best way to do this, so it's also time efficient, is give the game. Give a short synopsis of why it's on your list and why you like it so much, and then move on to the next one. Because we can sit yeah. here and probably this yeah. could be its own podcast on itself if we took a long time. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll just pretty much crank through each game and maybe a couple words on each. So I'll, I'll bat first. On through. The first couple for mine, 
Actually, the, the, my entire list was pretty easy for me to make, especially the first couple. Uh, number one, Ocarina of Time. There was no question about it. It's the greatest game ever created. So anyway, number two. Oh, you're going one uh, to seven. I thought you were going seven to one. Make it exciting. No, uh, no. <laughs> too late now. Okay. So. <laughs> um, that's just the order of the list as I wrote it down. So <laughs> anyway, number two was also an easy one. Dark Souls 1. Absolute masterpiece. There's essentially nothing wrong with this game except for, you know, some frame rate issues on a very few areas, but just a whole new formula. It did a whole new thing. So I could go on and on about the brilliance of Dark Souls 1. So uh, number three, Fallout 3. Um, it's just Fallout 3. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. Um, this was tough, actually, between three and four because my f- number four is Fallout New Vegas. I always struggle with which of these I like better. Um, the uh, All the different uh, uh, factions you can join in uh, New Vegas, and it just feels like a bigger world, and there's kind of more moving parts going on. And where, But then on the, on the flip side, 3 has you know that stronger uh, central narrative of you're trying to find your dad and purify the water and all that. But both great games. So number 5, The Last of Us. This was going to make the list. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I wish I could. I wish I could put it higher, but absolute masterpiece. Pretty near perfect game in my opinion. Number six. <laughs> <laughs> number six. Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare. Um, this was kind of like the Dark Souls of first-person shooters. Like it did something that started a huge trend that's still going on. Of you know this fast-paced modern military business. I. That's this is probably the game I put the most hours into out of any game. Uh, I used Ever. to be, yeah, yeah. I used to be stupidly good at this game. Me and my friends would just play it for probably two years straight, every single day for hours. Like, I, I, I can see yeah. little Jiggy getting down with some Xbox 360 yeah. COD. M- middle school on Xbox, man. Like Call of Duty Four was just like it was, it was everything. Like, and there was that. I it was actually, lit, bro. Yeah, and I dislike it because <laughs> for a while there, for a couple of years there. I, that was all I wanted to play was Call of Duty games. That was all I would buy. That's all I cared about. Jesus. So I missed out on a lot during that time that I had to later catch up on. Uh, number seven. Uh, this was a tough one. I left out Witcher 3, Bloodborne, Kingdom Hearts, and a couple others to put Mar- Super Mario 64 at number seven. Uh, mm. This was another game growing up was just amazing. Everything about it, like a huge world. You could jump into these different paintings and go to very different kinds of worlds, and it was such a huge game. Like all these secrets and all these different stars you had to collect. Awesome game, uh, yeah. So that's my top seven. <laughs> do you want to go first, Jordan? Or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, by the way, Dom from Software and CD Projekt just called, and they had a, a joke. It was really funny. They said that you left both of their latest two games off of your list for The Last of Us, and I was like, no way, guys. He has the first Dark Souls, which I think the first Dark Souls is better than Dark Souls 3, but they're both way better than Dark Souls 2. So, uh, yeah, I guess that means you think Dark Souls is better than Bloodborne, original Dark Souls? Yeah, I would Um, say so, too. But Bloodborne is... Wait, have you played Bloodborne, Jared? I've watched a playthrough front to back, Um, which is... I've I've seen gameplay and everything. It's enough to get get an idea of the game. That game... I would see why that game is somebody's favorite game over the Dark Souls games because it's different than them. Like, it it appeals to a different type of person, I think. Yeah, there's, uh, what, six different weapons in Bloodborne? A couple different sets of armor? That was it for me. It was all... 
well, compared to Dark Souls, it's like ten percent of the RPG elements that uh, sure that Dark Souls has. So that's that was that's the biggest difference for me. That's why, but preferences, right? Yeah. So um, you can tell a lot about me from looking at my list here. Um, five of the seven games that I have listed are third-person action adventure games, and those same five are also um, from this generation of consoles. Um, so most of these games are very new. I already know what number one is. <laughs> well, that's the thing is I was also going to say. I, I didn't uh, do them in order just because I can't. I, okay. I seriously can't. <laughs> it's tough. It's painstaking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what were you going to say number one was, though, Jared? Which are three, obviously. <laughs> well, it is, it is probably, yeah, if I had to put a number one on something, it would be Witcher 3. Um, and it is uh, on my list, so I can go ahead and go with that one. Um, yeah, one of the best video games ever made um looks great sounds great feels great plays great the rpg elements are there um the diversity of gameplay is there the story is absolutely there um yeah i mean you guys have heard me talk about witcher a bunch you can check out my review if you want to know more about that it's um the Witcher is one of those games that isn't perfect, just like any other game, and it is a masterpiece, but its flaws are really forgivable, and it's also really, um, you know, even the flaws that it does have don't stick out so hard that they ruin the experience for you, as opposed to some other games like the next one on my list, Bloodborne. Um, the flaws in Bloodborne really, really stick out to me. They really show... Um, especially when you're like a hundred hours into the game, they really just start to to stick out at you, um, and they are a little bit uh, worse. They're 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 thicker. They're they're bigger flaws. Um, Bloodborne's one of those games with uh, really fast paced and punishing combat, but it's still uh, most of the time fair. Um, when it's not fair, when it gets unfair in Bloodborne, it gets really fucking unfair, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Two words, and that, get good. I mean, yeah, or it's <laughs> just, just like, okay, I'm like way over-leveled for this boss, and I'm still not even doing a dent, you know? So it's like I've gotten good and gotten better, and you're still like, you guys just don't know what the heck is up at this point. So The that's, most unfriendly community of gamers is the Souls community they will just tear you apart yeah you either I've... get it and like it or if you don't like it or you don't get it or you're having a little bit of frust- even if it's the smallest bit of frustration they'll just tell you you're not good, good enough yeah. yeah i mean i think Figure that's true out. in a sense dom but at the same time i also think that um the souls community of gamers is one that really bands together especially when oh, yeah. the games first yeah. come out yeah because it's uh, the most passionate probably to- yeah, they have to help each other find their way through the game. So, mm-hmm. um, Next on the list, I mentioned I played this last week, uh, this past week, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Um, this game, hell, it might be my favorite of all time if they had actually finished the fucking thing. Um, like I said, you've got to, you basically beat the game and then you have to redo the last few missions of the game on harder difficulty with debuffs unlocked. Um, so that you can get the true ending, which I already watched on YouTube months and months ago as soon as it was available. So, um, yeah, this game, the fact that it isn't completed is, it grows more obvious and more painful the more you play it, because you realize how much repetition there is, 
you realize the fact that uh, even though it is open world, there's really two, only two environments, um, and it's either uh, Africa or um, the Middle East, and you're in one of those two spots, and it's kind of just like wide open desert with you know huts and buildings in some places. Um, so, um, yeah, the more you play this game, the more it feels incomplete, and that kind of sucks the life out of it. So, um, th- whenever I think about Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, it is with a somber note because, um, wow, the the ways that game could have soared if it, it just uh, if they had let him complete it, even though he had plenty of time. He had more than enough time to complete it, so I'm not going to say if they had given him enough time, because they gave him enough time. He just needs to quit. Kojima just needs to quit obsessing over the stupid, tiny little details that really don't matter, I think, in his games. And that'll help him out a lot. Um, next up is Bioshock. No surprise here. Ooh, um, one. one of my favorite games of all time, and I've mentioned that before. I cannot wait to play this on the collection when it finally comes out this fall. Um, yeah, I mean, Bioshock, it definitely has its flaws. Um, but as far as the the narrative, the sense of mystery and atmosphere that you get in Rapture, um, there's no video game environment that is like Rapture. Um, and there's something we need more of are bold games... Um, going back to my topic, something the type of game that we need more of are games with really bold premises and really bold environments and atmospheres that really try to do something new and fresh. And I think Dishonored took that from Bioshock and decided to do just that, and I appreciate them for that. Um, yeah, Bioshock's combat is really cool. The plasmids are really cool. Um, I'd really love to see um, 2K Marin if they are the ones working on the next Bioshock, and it's not. 2K Australia, not sure about that, but um, I'd love to see them return to form for Bioshock, because both Bioshock 2 and Infinite were pretty different from the first. Um, then just rolling through these next two, of you've heard me talk about them so much on this podcast. Uh, Infamous Second Son and Sunset Overdrive, my two favorite superhero games. Also, uh, we were talking about superhero games earlier, and I didn't shout out Quantum Break. That is uh, really a superhero game when you look at it. Um, and uh, deserves more credit than it gets. But uh, with these two games, um, just really wicked, fast-paced combat. Love just uh, rolling through and just beating up some baddies, kicking some ass, and rolling right back out. Um, The traversal is really big in both of these games. Once you get the video power in Infamous, and once you get the, the, not only the sliding on the rails mechanic, the grinding mechanic in Sunset Overdrive, but also the air dash to keep chaining those together... Um, both of those open world cities just open up to you and it becomes a whole new game and the traversal in those games is so essential to the fast paced combat um, that those games will be nothing without them so I love those games and then the last one here is a little bit of a curveball because like I said most of these games are new and most of these games are third person action adventures so um, the last game on my list is Pokemon Silver Version oh nice um yeah, this is uh, absolutely my favorite generation. I was debating about going between Crystal and Silver, but obviously I had Silver first when it originally came out, so I just went with that. Um, my favorite generation of Pokemon, it's like the perfect amount, because you have the hundred, first 150, and then you have like the next 100 or so. It's about, it's under 300, 
with all the Pokemon in Gold and Silver Gen. So that's like a really good amount for me. Um, I also really like the environment and the gems in that game. And, uh, you know, it was in color, which was really cool. looks really pretty. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, love me some blue and red and yellow. Um, but it does kind of feel like, going back to those first 150 Pokemon, um, that first gen does kind of feel a little bit empty sometimes, so it's nice to have that extra bump for the second gen and the amount of Pokemon and also the variety and diversity, so... Yeah, Pokemon Silver. Awesome. Um, good list, good list. We, I actually have a, cr- a crossover game with Dom and a crossover game with Jordan, kind of. Okay. Um, we're running super long, so I'm just going to go through my li- list really quick so we can close out the show. Um, so number seven on my list is Walking Dead, the first season. Um, a lot of people like the second season more, uh, you guys included. I liked the first season a lot just because it was, it was one of the first games I ever played that made me care about a character. Um, like Clementine, that whole story, um, I really liked the first season of that game. Um, it was an experience I hadn't had in a video game before. Um, number six, Spyro the Dragon. It's the first uh, game I ever beat by myself. Um, it wasn't the greatest game, but it does have fond <laughs> memories of it. Um, that would be cool if that ever got remastered or, uh, remastered or remade, but it won't. Um, uh. Yeah, I, I beat Super Mario 64, but I didn't beat it entirely by myself, so I don't really include that. Um Number five, Shovel Knight. I've talked about Shovel Knight um, enough, so I don't really have to explain that one. Uh, number four, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, basically, Dom hit on every point. It basically launched online multiplayer for a lot of games, and for me included. I spent... That's probably the game I've played most in my life. Uh, complete cumulative hours. Wow. That's the game i played most in my entire life. Um, I would play that game like 12 hours a day for... It was like <laughs> six months. Love yeah, that game. Fucking A. Yeah. Jesus, I think uh, Witcher is the longest I've ever spent with a game, and I'm probably maybe like 250 hours into it, maybe a little bit more. Um, three, Dark Souls. Dom hit on everything. I don't need to explain anything there. Um, That's a good list, Jared. Uh, number two, Soul Silver. Um, basically, you hit on everything too, Jordan. Except Soul Silver is what you remember Silver being. So playing Soul Silver basically bumped up the graphics of the game. Uh, added in a, a lot of mechanics that made the game easier, um, kind of like a quality of life kind of a lot of updates. Um, made the boxes a lot easier to manage, items a lot easier to manage. Soul Silver, I would argue, is the best Pokemon game. Period. Um, nice. So it takes every like S- Silver was my favorite for the longest time, but Soul Silver, like I said, improved everything. It's the same, literally the same exact game, but a bunch of features that make the game better um, hmm. and make it a, like a better quality of life. Uh, number one, Mass Effect 2. I've talked about that game forever. I don't need to explain anymore. It's very... Um, Mass Effect is about the world and the universe and that. Mass Effect 2 is definitely about the characters. And I love character-driven stuff. And you learn about those characters and each of the crew members. They feel very important to you. Um, outside of, like, Star Wars, it's hard for me to think of... Like, maybe Star Trek, but, like, specific like sci-fi things that where you care about so many different characters and they're so unique to themselves mass effect 2 i cared about every crew member that was on that ship that i got and i did like yeah it makes you care even the dlc was so great um definitely awesome that's my favorite game of all time um so that's our seven fave games for all of us i think all of us had really good lists we all had reasons which which was the dark souls game in your list one the first one okay so yeah. you both had Dark Souls one. Yeah, three is that was is three match. is very good, but one, one definitely had 
it was that whole factor of I've never played a game like this before. Um, and I think the bosses are definitely the hardest in Dark Souls 1 out of the yeah. three. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so you've matched on two then, I guess. Yeah. COD 4 and Dark Souls. I forgot they had COD 4 on this list. Um, so I had three total with all of you guys. Um, yeah, closing out the show here where we're going to be playing. I'm going to be playing more Madden 17 as usual. Uh, Splunk, you're going to be trying to get those secrets unlocked. Um, and then all this human... Uh, I always get it wrong. Mankind, Mankind divided, divided talk makes me want to go... I have Human Revolution on my 360 backwards compatible on my Xbox One. I might jump into it. Uh, hearing all this talk about Deus Ex makes you want to go and dive in. Never played one. So we'll see what happens. I might get to it, I might not, but that's definitely on the docket of me trying to play something this week. So... What about you guys? Well, Jared, uh, speaking of just that, I am going to recommend that you go ahead and play that game on your Xbox because um, even though I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, I've actually been playing the director's cut of Deus Ex Human Revolution on PC. And um, yeah, it looks great, runs great. Um, I've actually, it's a relatively older game, so my MacBook can handle it pretty well. And. Uh, I've got it on, like, very high settings, so it looks really good for a six-year-old game. And, um, yeah, I was just going to talk about how um, it's not, I mean, it doesn't quite feel like a real AAA game. Like, it's definitely got a AAA budget, but there's some parts of it, you know, like your controls or the way things cer certain things work. Um, and maybe even just the fact that it's first person and not third, um, because I know for a fact that they have... 3D animated models because you go into third person when you go into cover. Um, so maybe that's just a turn off for me, but uh, for the most part, really cool. The differences between going stealth or non-lethal versus lethal are really cool in the way that you have a lot of strategy there, a lot like Dishonored in that sense. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that you go ahead and play it because I am playing it now, and then uh, my birthday just happened, and so I'm going to be uh, my mom wants to get me a birthday present, and I'm going to be getting uh, Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided. So Awesome. I, I, I'd say the first game is cool. And then, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be reading some more comics and uh, probably finishing up The Silmarillion this week. Nice. What about you, Dom? You're hopping into Dogma, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll try to get into Dragon's Dogma. Definitely have some more GTA time played, too. Um, and I want to wrap up Game of Thrones. So, yep. Awesome. Okay, so I, real quick, I wanted to ask you about Game of Thrones, Dom. Um, I know you're not totally through it, but I think you're halfway, so that's about enough time. Um, what is your favorite Telltale game series? I don't know. <laughs> let me let me finish Game of Thrones. And there's uh, Batman still. Okay. That's only one episode deep, so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's Game of Thrones easy over um, Walking Dead season one and two. We'll, we'll put a pin in this. <laughs> Jared, do you have a preference? Uh, Walking Dead because there's more of it. <laughs> Two or one? Uh, well, no, Walking Dead. I thought you meant series, like just like season. Yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, season. Well, season one's so like fair. on my top favorite games of all time, so I'd say season one. But Game of Thrones to me is better than Walking Dead season two. Okay, so it'd be right. like Walking Dead one, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead two. Yeah, I want to get to Batman. I think that could possibly get in the running for two or three. Um, and then I, my head wants to play Tales from Borderlands. My heart doesn't. I just have no interest in it, really. So. <laughs> That's where I'm at with that They one. haven't uh, announced anything about Episode 2 for Batman, have they? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Driving um, me nuts. 
yeah, so yeah, good luck with that. Thank you guys for listening to episode 26 of the Control Interest Gamecast. Uh, make sure to check out Patch Notes. It's a weekly uh, video game news show that I'm going to be doing every Friday where I compile all of the top video game news for that week. And I talk about it in a really quick manner so you can get in and get out and get to playing games or doing whatever you're doing. I thought it's a really cool niche because, you know, a lot of news shows are kind of elongated and long form. And this is just a quick way to kind of catch up on everything real quick and then get out. Um, it, it'll have news that isn't included here and vice versa. Uh, so definitely check that out. The first episode went up uh, the day of recording this. So don't definitely go check out our YouTube. Subscribe. We are going to be putting up a lot more content there. Uh, there's a new show I'm working on, a uh, video game uh, quiz trivia show. Uh, that should be coming out relatively soon in the next couple of weeks or month or so. Um, like I said, subscribe. We definitely need more subscribers. I think we got two more this week or one more. Either way, that's awesome. Um, like us on iTunes. I'm trying to fix RSS feed. It should be done. If, if you're hearing this on iTunes, it is done. I fixed it. Um, and yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter too. We're getting pretty pretty good followers there as well. Dom does a really good job of tweeting out the videos if you don't want to follow on, on YouTube and figure out when things are posted there. Um, also, he tweets out news, so you can get news there as well. Uh, yeah, so definitely follow us and subscribe to us and do all that good stuff as well as our individual accounts as well. Um, yeah, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys, or listening as well. We'll see you guys in episode 27. Any closing words, guys? Yeah, just hit up that sub button on YouTube, man. We're getting there. We're getting and, close. Um, um, buy yourself something nice, kids. <laughs> buy yourself something nice this week. It's you need You need a little you time, and I get that. So I'm watching out for you. I got your back. Until next time. I'm looking at you too, Dom. <laughs> Give me that face over there. Buy yourself something nice, kid. He buys himself a lot of things on the week on the weekly. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Catch you guys in episode 27. Bye.